China's Taiwan held local elections over the weekend. The A stinging defeat for Taiwan's ruling party and its message of independence. Of voters' China, disapproval of President Tsai Ing-wen's management of the economy. The election was a remarkable turnaround for the opposition KMT, the party China's leaders tend to favor. It now has the political control of three quarters of Taiwan cities. On Sunday, voters in Taiwan delivered a crushing blow to the country's ruling party. President Tsai Ing-wen went into the local elections with a huge majority, but voters turned on her Democratic Progressive Party, which is strongly in favor of independence from China. They also dealt a blow to the country's gay rights movement. There were setbacks as well in two contentious referendums, with Taiwanese voting against same-sex marriage and changing the name Taiwan. I'm Imtiaz Tayyip, and this is The Take. None of this was supposed to happen. In 2017, Taiwan's constitutional court ruled that gay couples could marry and directed the legislature to write new law saying so. It was hailed as a victory for a country that's been at the forefront of gay rights in Asia. This case has divided Taiwanese society. And while many people are celebrating, the opponents of gay marriage are vowing to step up their campaign by pushing for a referendum on the issue. In all, five referendums on the question of same-sex marriage were on the ballot last weekend. Opponents of gay marriage carried the day. And those who have fought hard for gay marriage rights... My name is Victoria Xu. ...are now facing an uncertain future. I was lead lawyer in the marriage equality case uh, in 2017. Victoria represented one of the plaintiffs in that 2017 case. It was a personal victory for her. I'm a lesbian, and uh, as a lawyer, I found that there's a need for more legal professionals to get involved in the LGBT movement. Because if, if we uh, want to have equal citizenship and equal rights, there must be uh, some reform to our legal systems. Explain to our listeners what the, the, the gay rights movement in Taiwan, sort of how it fits within society uh, and how it is perceived more broadly across Taiwan. Since 1986, my client, Mr. Qi Wei, um, he demanded our government to legalize gay marriage in 1986, you know. So the idea of uh, gay marriage or marriage equality is not a Western um, stuff. So uh, basically, the the gay rights uh, movement started almost uh, at the same time that we abolished our martial law, late 1980s, yeah. But at the first stage, a lot of gay people um, couldn't come out. So uh, people um, wrote articles or uh, published magazines under some uh, pseudonym and uh, um, started to organize study group to discuss LGBT issues. The second stage maybe uh, started from 2000 to uh, 2010. At this stage, um, the LGBT community has increasingly uh, established uh, several different um, organizations. 
I mean, more well organized to do the、uh, advocacy and、uh, become more political. I want to take you back to 2017 when the Constitutional Court ruled in favor of、uh, same-sex partnerships. How did you feel at that moment? This ruling was the culmination of a campaign that began 30 years ago. I I deeply feel we deserve that decision. We've been working so hard for several years. And、uh, I also、uh, have had some kind of a concern since that our our constitutional court didn't say that、um, immediately that the gay people can get married, but given the、um, the parliament two years to amend the law. And in the intervening time, a lot changed. Religious organizations that opposed gay marriage gained a lot of traction. The anti-gay churches—they are really very rich. Yeah, so、uh, they can buy a, a lot of、uh, TV and radio advertisements. And、uh, I have to admit that、um, part of Taiwan's society, they are still.、Um, Some kind of a deeply rooted homophobic culture, so that contributed to、uh, these results of the referendums too. Of course, a lot of ordinary people just don't know gay persons around them. There are some people who suggest that、uh, this misinformation campaign、uh, about this specific issue that China was involved、uh, on some level. Is that something you've seen? I believe so. Yeah, but it's hard to prove. It's hard to prove. Why do you think China would want to be on the other side, as in opposing the idea of、uh, same-sex civil partnerships? This is a、uh, kind of a strategy to,、uh, you know, to have cooperation with the、uh, conservative、um, powers in Taiwan, including KMT and the anti-gay organizations. There's always one overriding issue in a Taiwanese election, and that is China. It's 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 the elephant in the room. Adrian Brown is a correspondent for Al Jazeera English. He's been covering Asia for 30 years. We reached him via Skype in his hotel room in Taipei this week and asked him to help explain how we got here. How did we end up with these referendums on the ballot that contradict what seemed to be settled law? And what does China have to do with it all? It has a lot to do with Tsai Ing-wen, Taiwan's president. And remember, she and her party, the DPP, lost big in last weekend's elections. These are the first elections since Tsai Ing-wen was elected president、uh, two and a half years ago, becoming the first female head of state Taiwan's ever had. But China has not been making life easy for Tsai Ing-wen, and that's mainly because Tsai Ing-wen has refused to go along with what's known as the as, as the One China policy, which basically accepts there is only you know one China, and and Taiwan is a part of it, but. At, at the same time, people are, are are worried, increasingly worried about you know economic factors.、Um, you know the economy here is is flat. 
this used to be one of the great Asian tiger economies. I, I, I interviewed a, a student the other day, 21 years old, Morris Cha. He's looking for a job in China. He's about to graduate, uh, and he says that basically job prospects are much better in China, better pay. So he's prepared to move to the country that many Taiwanese regard as the enemy because employment prospects are so much better there. Tell me a little bit about Taiwan and tell me about how Taiwan fits into the broader scheme of things. Well, Taiwan, it's interesting. I'm here with one of my colleagues from uh, Beijing who's not been to Taiwan before, but he said something very interesting to me the other day. He said that Taiwan to him was almost like the future and, and the past of China. And you sort of think that if China ever did become you know, let's say fully democratic, a different system from the one it has now, I think it would be much more like Taiwan than it would be like like Hong Kong. And of course, the, you know, the one country, two systems policy that Hong Kong currently has was actually designed, you know, for Taiwan, because, you know, China has never given up the idea of, of this place one day being reunified with the mainland. I'll give you a, a simple sort of analogy. I mean, if you imagine that China are the parents, there are three children. There's there's Hong Kong, Macau, and Taiwan. But, but Taiwan is the most cherished of all those three children. And what the parents are saying is, you know, come back home, live at home. You can have the key to the front door and come and go as you please. But but, but Taiwan point blank refuses to and, and, you know, insists it never will. Help me understand this. In 2017, a constitutional court decided in favor of same-sex marriage, and yet it became a ballot measure uh, as part of a referendum. How did that happen, and, and why did that happen? It seems a bit strange that if the court rules something, that it would then appear in a ballot in local elections. I mean, it's another reminder that, you know, Taiwan is a very vibrant, free democracy, but it's also quite a bewildering one. So what happened is the government decided to make it easier for people to organise referendums. So it, it, it reduced the, the threshold needed. In the past, it was something almost like a, you had to have more than a, almost a million people in support of a referendum. It, it lowered it down to about 50,000. So that made it much easier to, to, to organise referendums, which, which is why you had so many in, in this election when I was here 17 months ago, covering that that that, that high court, that, that ruling by the constitutional court, it really seemed that Taiwan was was on the threshold of becoming, um, you know, one of the most liberal places in in Asia. But in the space of 17 months, which is not very long, it has it has sort of tilted back the other way. I simply state um, our belief, our teaching, our uh, doctrine, catechism. Marriage, for us, is the union between a man and a woman. This is Father Otfried Chan, a Taiwanese Catholic priest who's been an outspoken critic of same-sex marriage. Al Jazeera English reporter Adam Bema interviewed Chan last week in the wake of the election. Chan's opposition is rooted in his faith and, he says, his culture. Whatever sexual relationship outside of marriage, be it between two different sexes or uh, two persons of same sex is not good. We call it a sin. This is our stand. 
And also in Chinese, we have a very special term for not only husband, wife, grandfather, maternal side, and uh, uh, um, paternal side. If this law recognizes, let's say, there's a, a, a special title or, or, or status, legal status to one of the partners, that would affect the whole um, uh, the ethic, uh, ethic values and also uh, the, the Chinese culture. How, how should I call uh, the parents of my partner? <laughs> I have no answer for that. You live in Beijing. You've been covering China for a very long time. Can you tell us a little bit about China's own stance on gay marriage and LGBTQ rights in general? Well, homosexuality is not illegal anymore. It was legalized several years ago. But, you know, I have done stories about the LGBT community in China. They are a very persecuted group. Yet, in Shanghai, you know, they have allowed gay rights parades to happen. It's almost like they, the government occasionally will, will, will turn a blind eye to the sort of thing, but occasionally it will target these groups if it feels for some reason that they've overstepped the mark and become political. In the context of Taiwan, uh, we know the president uh, was a vocal supporter of gay rights uh, and indeed the move for same-sex marriages. What is China's interest in the same-sex marriage question in the context of Taiwan? Is it to undermine the president or is it a matter of principle against gay marriage? I think they they will do all they can and have been doing all they can to to undermine her presidency at at every turn. It's important to remember these referendums are legally binding. So the government has to act on them. But the trouble is the referendums have given one answer and the high court has you know the constitutional court has given another. A lot hangs in the balance. Taiwan now has to square the court ruling with these ballot referendums. And it's all happening against the backdrop of a much bigger election on the horizon. In 2020, the country will choose its next president. And that president is going to have to listen to what the people asked for in this last election. Better relations with China in order to fix a flat economy. In some ways, the gay marriage battle looks small compared to the rest of the political issues the country is grappling with. But for a lot of Taiwanese people, this referendum result is a very big deal. This is not the end of the marriage equality. Including Victoria Shi, the lawyer we heard from earlier. She's playing the long game. You know, I'm old enough, actually. I'm uh, 46 years old. And uh, I uh, I uh, get involved to social movements from uh, my uh, 18, yeah, 18 years old. So uh, I have, I, I think I have more experiences than uh, other young activists or other young people who recently get involved to the movement. So basically, I uh, personally was very calm to uh, yeah, to hear the results. 
the first thing we do、um, is to、uh, you know to give our supporters some comfort to make them to see、um, that there are still a lot of work to do. We encourage、um, all the supporters of the、uh, equal rights to、uh, stand up and、uh, speak up for the cause. Because、um, even though、um, we didn't win the ballot, it's still relatively a successful campaign. Actually,、um, considering our limited resources and uh, as a, uh, uh, a minority in population. And she and her partner still plan to get married next year, as they see it. The courts have spoken. We wish to have our wedding and get registered as spouses, with legal effect. We've been waiting for this moment for a long time. Actually, we believe that sooner or later we will realize、uh, a 100% marriage equality. It's not a yes or no question. It's just a, you know, it's just a matter of time, and we have to、uh, do more and、uh, be patient. And don't lose hope. That's it for us this week on the Take. There's a link in the show description of this episode. It's for a survey where you can tell us your thoughts on the show. Kiana Mogadam produced this episode. She had production help from Morgan Waters, Jasmine Bayumi, Jordan Marie Bailey, and me, Imtiaz Taib. The show's lead producer is Graylin Bashir. The sound designer was Ian Koss. Special thanks to Adrian Brown, Victoria Shi, Adam Bema, Peng Peng, and Joyce Wang.